Humanity has been pointing fingers at others since the Garden of Eden. We rarely want to take responsibility for our actions, but would rather blame someone else for our issues. But at some point, each of us must decide how we will own up to our dilemmas. It's time to go the second mile in taking ownership. Hey, this is Travis Agnew. Thank you for joining me for the Second Mile Podcast, where we seek to live out the words of Jesus from Matthew 541, where he says, if anyone forces you to go one mile, go the second mile and uh, go over and beyond what is expected of you. And so I want to talk to you about that uh, regarding this topic of taking ownership. You know, so often it's easy for us to say, okay, well, I messed that up. I shouldn't have let my temper uh, go. I shouldn't have said those words. I shouldn't have responded the way that I did. Uh, But a lot of times we have these justification kind of embedded in those times that we acknowledge where we did something wrong. And typically what it is is that we're actually pointing fingers at someone else because we just don't want to let other people down or to admit our faults or whatever it is. You know, really, and um, as you think through, most of us tend to be one extreme or the other. One is we beat ourselves up all the time for things and we just feel like we always make mistakes. And that is a, um, a segment of our population. But I think a lot of us probably lean towards the other extreme, which is basically, uh, okay, I'll acknowledge that I did something poorly, but I'm not going to take ownership. In fact, I'm going to point fingers at someone else uh, or even God for what happened. And so today, uh, to think through this, it is important because most likely uh, you have some relationship uh, drama. Uh, Everybody does at some level. And so often it comes from not the fact that people find out that we're not perfect. They've, They've known that for a long time. It comes down to this issue, a refusal to take the responsibility for what it is that we should be held responsible for. And what does it mean instead of pointing fingers at other people and just accepting our responsibility and this hard topic and process that is important of taking ownership in our lives. So I mentioned the um, situation in the Garden of Eden, right? You, you, you know the story. God creates the heavens and the earth. He makes Adam and Eve in his image. They're living in paradise. Till on the ground that uh, are taken from the ground that he tilled, that he put together. And uh, they're living in paradise. They're living in um, complete, just, you know, wonderful, unhindered intimacy with him and with each other. Uh, but they choose a uh, lie over the truth. They choose to listen to the devil rather than their maker. And sin enters in and God comes looking for them. And as he comes looking for them, he um, you know, calls them out. Adam, where are you? And Adam kind of comes out and says, well, I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. God says, well, who told you you were naked? And then he starts pointing fingers. He says, well, the woman whom you gave me, right? So there's actually two people he's blaming there. He goes, look, the woman, she's the one who gave me the fruit. Uh, I didn't ask for it, but she's offering it, and I don't want to be rude. But if I think about it, uh, she gave me the fruit, but you gave me her. Like I took a nap one day, wake up with a pain in my side, and here she is. And so I'm not responsible. And so God looks at Eve and says, okay, if we're going to follow this line of reasoning, what does that mean for you, Eve? And she said, I, the, the serpent, he deceived me and I ate. It was the original. The devil made me do it. And ever since then, we have been pointing fingers at everybody else. And we can say, well, this 
this happened in my life and such and such. And it can be because you have a bad day. You're not feeling good. You're stressed out. You didn't sleep. So-and-so hurt your feelings. This happened in your past. You never had this when you were a child. All of those things, and the problem is they may be legitimate, but how often can we use them as crutches to continue in dysfunctional relationships and damaging uh, responses to the situations that we're in? And so I want you to think for a moment of uh, what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, towards the end of the Sermon on the Mount, talking about different types of people. He says in Matthew 7, 16 and following, you will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? No, so every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruits. So here Jesus basically says, look, uh, if you're going to look at people, if you're going to look at uh, individual lives, people that are made up of all types of complexities, right? But how do you recognize what type of person it is? Well, you look at the fruit. You look at what comes out. He says, look, grapes don't come from thorn bushes and figs don't come from thistles. If it's a healthy tree, it's going to bring good fruit. If it's a diseased tree, it's going to bring bad fruit. That's what they do. So depending upon where the roots are, how healthy the tree is, is completely um, sets up for what type of fruit is going to come out. A healthy tree can't bear bad fruit and a diseased tree cannot bear good fruit. And, and so the reason why that we have to at least think through the lines of Jesus is if your natural responses are uh, frustration, uh, anger, unhealthy responses, you may be thinking, well, I need to work on my responses. But deep down, there may be something inside of you that needs to be addressed. And instead of pointing to all the other trees around you, have you ever thought about yourself and how you were contributing to the issue? So just recently, I was uh, taking down some trees in my backyard with my boys, and uh, we were looking through uh, which ones needed to go down. And what we did find out was that there are some trees uh, that are not growing well because they are crowded, and there are some bad trees around them. But that at the end of the day, uh, all these other trees can be crowding around them and not allowing them to get the sunlight that they need. But that you can have all the excuses in the world. You can say, oh, well, this is the reason why. But the fact of the matter is, it's not going to grow. It's going to get unhealthy. And so then you start kind of looking at how do you approach each tree specifically, where it is, uh, how it's positioned, is it getting the sun, is it getting the water, is it getting all the things that it needs? And at some point you can say, well, all the stuff around it is hindering it, and that can be true, but that doesn't stop the fact that it's not growing, right? And so something has to be done so that those individual trees can grow healthy. And the reason why I say that is uh, I, I don't doubt at all, maybe in your life right now, you have certain things that are crowding you out. And there are some certain things that are hindering you from who you want to be. But the difference for us is to be able to consider 
well, do I see a need to actually make some changes or just do I need to continue to point out all the issues that are with, outside of my control? See, the, the difference here for us is that you and I can make a assessment of our life and we can look around and acknowledge that there are things that are hindering us, things that are frustrating us, things that might even be limiting us or endangering us. But what we have the opportunity to do is to acknowledge that and say, I don't want that to be my excuse to why I'm not growing or why I'm not producing good fruit. Or you don't want it to be an excuse to say, hey, look, the reason why I respond this way is because of all these different things. The reality is all of us have plenty of reasons and excuses to say why we act the way that we do. Um, I can say that today that I'm very tired, but I remember what it was like as uh, a father of newborns, and that's a different level of tired, right? You know, I, I know what it's like to be tired, but then there's a different level. You're coming off a jet lag, and there's just a different level of being tired. I say that to say we all can have all types of extremes, and your day may be going really, really poorly. And uh, as you're listening to this, even if it's early in the day, you can say, man, I've already started off on a bad spot. But there's always somebody's day who, you know, is probably is worse. There's probably a situation that's more uh, challenging than yours. And we have seen people throughout history go through horrific things and still come out in a positive, Christ-honoring way that gives the glory to God and really provides hope and encouragement to other people. I have learned that through the years that sometimes the most encouraging lessons that I have learned have been people who are going through certain things, but what happens is is that their output of their life shows a sincere faith, a uh, resilient uh, desire uh, to continue to follow the Lord even when things get difficult. And the issue is this, is that we cannot say, well, because these things are going on, therefore I have a free pass. I think a lot of times in relationships, we desire a free pass to be able to say, you know what, I shouldn't have responded that way, but let me tell you why, because this happened or that didn't happen and whatnot. And you probably have some valid reasons of what makes your life more difficult. And yet, we look at the life of Jesus. We look at the life of the Apostle Paul. We look at Joseph in the Old Testament. We look at different people throughout history. We look at people that you've seen that have suffered, but they have suffered well. And at some point, we go around Eden, and we know that we are exiled out of that place, and yet our tendency is still to point fingers at, at others, at God, at the devil, you name it. We want to point our fingers in every other place that we can, but at some point in our life, we've got to point that finger at ourselves and say, am I handling this the way that is God-honoring? Am I addressing this situation in a way that brings glory to God and represents Him well in the middle of this situation? And the reality is this, is that the entire world can be against you, but Romans 8.31 says, if He is for you, then who can be against you? We've got to get to the place where instead of complaining about all the other people in our lives and all the other situations, to take ownership. So my question for you is to, number one, consider are there some things that you need to take ownership in your own life? Maybe your prayer is Psalm 139, God, search me, know me, see if there's any hurtful way in me. Maybe you do look around and say, well, there are some influences that are not encouraging and that are not helping me. They're not Hebrews 3.13, encouraging me day after day. Okay, well, then you need to make sure that you have those people in your life. Maybe there are some circumstantial things that you need to be intentional to address. All of that is very reasonable. But at the end of the day, 
you and I are all responsible to say, all right, we're going to be known by our fruit, the output of our life. And to do so, that means that we need to be in a healthy place of surrender to him so that when life happens, we're able to respond in the way that honors Christ and honors him well. I hope to see you on the second mile.